the kindness of Christmas is the message today. I want to ask you this. How do you define kindness? How do you define it? The great theologian Augustine, some pronounce him Augustine, uh, he, he talks about kindness like this. He, he uses a different analogy. He says, "When you know, I thought I knew what time was until somebody asked me to define time. And then I found that I, I had a very difficult time articulating it. I understand it in theory. I, I understand it when I see it. I understand it when I feel it. But, but putting voice to this and articulating the def- definition of time is rather difficult. Kindness is a bit like that. We don't always know how to define what kindness is, but we know it when we see it and we know it when we feel it. And so if I polled all of us right now to to define what it looks like to be kind, everybody would have a difficult time outside of maybe saying being nice. Outside of being nice, you would use an illustration to define what kindness is. Kindness looks like smiling at somebody at the grocery store. Kindness looks like going out of your way to help somebody feel special and to help somebody feel valued. Kindness looks like giving and helping somebody in need. Kindness looks like you walking across the street with your lawnmower and cutting the neighbor's grass because they've been under the weather and haven't been able to get the job done. Kindness looks a lot of different ways. Here's my question to you. Are you kind When people experience you, do they walk away with the impression that that person, that girl, that guy, they're just kind? I love that quality about them. Are you kind? The Bible says this in in the book of Titus chapter 3. As we take a look at Christmas, Paul writes in verse 4, he says, When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. What does kindness look like? When we open the Bible, kindness looks like Jesus entering the scene. Jesus entering our world when the kindness of God appeared. How did it appear? It appeared through Jesus Christ. This is kindness on display. Take it a step further, a a verse that we've mentioned now several times. Matthew chapter 1, 21. Uh, Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. When we look at God's kindness towards us, the, the scriptures remind us that it is his loving kindness that draws us to repentance. There's something about kindness that it draws people to you. And God's kindness, there's nobody, there's no thing that can compete with the kindness of God. And when the kindness of God appeared, it came in flesh. 
it came in real uh, palpable terms here and named Jesus Christ in the form of a baby who grew 33 years he was alive showing us what the kindness of God looks like in in definable terms kindness on display and what did that kindness do it died for our sins the very purpose for which Jesus was born Jesus isn't just he doesn't just act kind he is kind like he he is the defining quality of kindness he defines it so here's my question to you the one that I'm going to keep repeating are you kind is there a gracious quality about you that that demonstrates the kindness of God to others. See, kindness draws people in. It draws people into relationship. It endears. It's like a tractor beam. It's like a magnet that pulls. Kindness has an amazing quality. It, nobody, no one walks away saying, man, I can't stand that really kind person. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Our culture celebrates giftedness. We love it when somebody can teach. We love it when somebody can prophesy. We love all the gifts being on display. And that's a good thing in a church for a church to be gifted. But Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, if you have all these gifts, if you can teach and you can prophesy and you can heal and do all these amazing things, but you don't have love, then you have nothing. I'm going to say that again. You can be Gifted off the charts. But if you don't have love, you have nothing. Well, what does Paul tell us that love is like? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is kind. And so, (laughs) again, if you have all of these amazing gifts and attributes, but you don't have the kindness of God at work in your life, I got news for you. You have nothing. You have nothing. The story of, of Augustine is more this morning than just his, his going on about the difficulties of defining time and kindness. Uh, I, I want to read a quote to you uh, that he writes in his own, his own journals, his own writings. I'll paraphrase kind of the context, but Augustine was not, Augustine was not a Christian. But he was moved by the celebrity preacher at the time, was a bishop by the name of Ambrose. And he wanted a following like the one Ambrose had. He wanted wanted to be able to have the oratory uh, prominence that Ambrose had. Ambrose was an unbelievably gifted speaker. And although uh, Augustine didn't believe in the actual quality of what uh, Ambrose was preaching about, namely Jesus, he wanted to become the kind of speaker that Ambrose was. And so he literally uh, began to attend his church and sit under his teaching, not to become more like Christ, but to try to become a better communicator. Okay? He wanted the gifts. And this is what uh, Augustine wrote. He says, I came to Milan to Ambrose the bishop. It was by you, Lord, that unconsciously I was led to him. 
so that by him I might consciously be brought to you. That man of God received me like a father. When I came, he showed me the kindness of a bishop. From that point, I found myself beginning to love him. But at first, it was not because he was a teacher of the truth. I had no expectation that I would find that in your church. It was because he was kind to me personally. I listened carefully to him when he preached to his congregation, not as I should have done, but instead assessing his eloquence to see if he really merited his reputation. And little by little, I was drawing near quite unconsciously. How did God move and capture the heart of Augustine, one of the greatest theologians still to this day? How did God capture his heart? Through the kindness of another man. The kindness of a teacher named Ambrose. It wasn't because his his sermons were so unbelievable, although they were. It's because the kindness that this man showed, Augustine, it moved him deeply. And it actually brought those sermons to life. See, kindness is supernatural. You see that on your screen, and I, and I don't want you to make light of this. Kindness is one of those words, you know, the, the Bible school answer. The answer is Jesus. The answer is love. You know, it's kindness. Kindness is not to be underestimated today. It is a supernatural force. And yes, it is simple, but the Bible reminds us that God uses the simple things to, to literally defy the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of the ages. Kindness will unlock doors that nothing else can unlock. It is amazing when we walk in the kindness of God, how his supernatural power works and moves in our lives. Paul writes, I know I'm referencing a lot of scriptures today without them being on the screen, but one of the things that he does is he talks about the qualif- how you know he's an apostle. And he, in Corinthians, he has this giant list of things where he says, you, could, you know I'm apostle, an apostle because I've endured these beatings. I've endured this. I've gone through that. I've been starved. I've been naked. I've been left for dead. And the list, it's just this atrocious list of things he's experienced, and yet God has brought him through. But there's an amazing thing that he writes regarding his apostleship. He says, one of the ways you know that I'm an apostle is because of my kindness. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Meaning, he, he appropriates the kindness of God as such a supernatural quality that it literally is one of the stamps upon his life that you can know he's from God and that he's a legitimate apostle. Because he's kind, kindness is supernatural. Don't forget that. I've got lots of stories today. There's a story of Rosario Butterfield. You may uh, know that name, and I'm going to do some reading of her memoir uh, that she writes about uh, as well. Rosario Butterfield was, um, she writes about her journey from being a committed lesbian Uh, to a committed Christian. And she says that as a non-Christian, her impression of evangelical Christians was that they were poor thinkers, 
judgmental, scornful, and afraid of diversity. And so she published a critique uh, of an evangelical Christian group uh, close to where she lived, and she published it in her local newspaper. I love that. And she received, as you might imagine, a truckload of mail. Some of it was it, it was fan mail and praise mail, and other uh, versions of it were, were hate mail and despising mail. And so the, the mail would come in, and she would literally categorize it into two, two boxes. She had two boxes on her desk. One was the fan mail, and the other was hate mail. And she said she received a two-page response from a local pastor. And I quote, It was a kind and inquiring letter. It had a warmth and civility to it, in addition to its probing questions. She said that she couldn't figure out which which box to put this letter in. (laughs) Do I put this in the fan box or do I put it in the hate box? I don't know where to put this letter. And so it, it sat on her desk for about a week before she could finally sort it. And I quote again, she says, it was the kindest letter of opposition that I had ever received. Its tone demonstrated to Rosario that this family, this pastor, was not against her, but in fact was for her. And says, she says, eventually, I was, so, I was so puzzled by the kindness and warmth of this letter, even though they didn't agree with me, that she reached out to this pastor and his wife, and they got together for coffee, and it began a relationship. She says, they talked with me in a way that didn't make me feel erased. Isn't that powerful? The kindness of God through a couple allowed someone else to feel as though they mattered and that they were valued and that they had worth and that their life was not erased. She says their friendship was so, it became such an important part of her journey in that it was the, the, the initial, that was the initial experience that led her to becoming a Christian. Loving kindness draws people into relationship with Jesus. Don't ever forget that because kindness is supernatural. And if you're watching this stream today and you have a relationship with Jesus, I'm thrilled about that. Don't ever forget that it's God's kindness, His initiating kindness that drew you into legitimate relationship with Him in the first place. And if the God that we serve is that kind, should we not also be so kind and represent Him in every single thing that we do? Can we not live with the kindness of God permeating and filling and stamping and defining every one of our relationships. I think by the power of God, the supernatural power of God that we can. Are you kind? Are you kind? Are people touched by the the tone the gentleness, the warmth, the humility, the gentleness in your life. Are these the qualities that people 
taste and see when they are around you because this is what we taste and see in true relationship with God. Unfortunately, for many of us, our exposure and our experience with church or with Christianity or with other Christians can sometimes be judgmental. It can be the angry encounter, knowing what people are against rather than what people are for. And I want you to hear this. The kindness of God is for people. It's for people knowing Jesus. It's for people experiencing transformation. Oh, you can be bold and you can also be kind. Oh, you can be courageous and also kind. You can be a lover of the truth and be filled at the same time with the mercy and compassion and kindness of God. They are not exclusive of each other. In fact, they only work when they're married together. Truth and compassion. Truth and kindness. See, in 2020, our Colosseum, back in the day, the Colosseum was where the, the sport of, of, of gladiators and Christians and, uh, were on display and, and, and Christians were put to death inside the Colosseum for entertainment, for sport. Well, we have our own Coliseum nowadays in 2020, and it's called the Internet. The Internet's is, are, the, the, the Coliseum of the day. And cruelty is the highest form of entertainment. All you have to do is just click on that comment section, get your popcorn and your Coke, and go to work watching the cruel displays of people, of, yes, non-faith, but also people who profess faith in Jesus, who are thriving in an environment of being cruel rather than drawing people into deeper relationship because of their kindness and compassion. Oh, you can love truth and you can love kindness. And those two tensions at work, it's a miracle, isn't it? But kindness is supernatural. Colossians chapter 3, 12, Paul writes again about kindness. He says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, Humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a, has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. When Amy and I moved to Orlando to become associate pastors, you know, at a, at a young church there, our experience in ministry, uh, we had a great time experiencing the work of ministry in some other environments. But our experience with, with pastors and leaders, it was cordial and it was good, but I would have never described to you that my encounter with people in staff positions at a church, sadly, was one of just endearing, tractor-beam-type 
love and kindness. I hadn't really experienced that. And I don't say that as a slap on anybody's wrist or a finger pointing of, of any kind. It just wasn't the exposure that I had. I didn't have access to that level of relationship. So that part, that might have had part of, it, part of it to do with it as well. But when we pulled in, you know, to the street where we were, we, we, we hadn't taken the job yet. We were just kind of interviewing and assessing whether this church would be a great fit for us and, and whether or not, you know, both sides. And we pull up to the pastor's house and he's a former NBA player. He's retired, seven foot tall guy, right? Who's had, who's got accolades, who's got experience, who's got a, a career uh, behind them prior to ministry and prior to church. And, you know, that's a little intimidating. My professional basketball career just, you know, it didn't amount to much, okay? <laughs> and so we pull in and we're, you know, we literally knock on the front door and his wife answers and she's like, he's actually not here. Let me call him really quick. He's across the street. I'm like, he's across the street. What, what is this? You know, are we like nine years old right now? And that's exactly what was going on. There was literally like 50 neighborhood kids at the playground. And Pastor Keith is there with his daughters, seven foot tall, and he's literally stomping around the playground like the monster chasing all these kids. And I hadn't seen something like this before from an esteemed pastor. I literally looked at Amy because this was, this was foreign to us. And yet there was something about it that immediately drew me to want to be there. I saw the kindness of God at work with somebody who was humble, somebody who wasn't above their job or above literally running outside like a maniac and acting like a monster with all the neighborhood kids. You don't think there was work to be done? You don't think there was ministry that needed to happen? You don't think that there was thoughts going on regarding uh, Andy and Amy and whether this was going to be a good fit. And, and yet the kindness of God was on display. And more than looking at values and mission and assessments, I was drawn to the heart of Pastor Keith. It was a defining moment for me to see literally the kindness of God on display. Similar to Augustine being drawn to Ambrose, I was drawn to the church and I was drawn to Keith, as was Amy. Why? Because that's what kindness does. It's supernatural. And it draws people to you. And when you are filled with the Spirit of God, literally filled with His love for others, it's not you that you're drawing people to. It's literally God himself at work inside of you. And so when people encounter you, what they really taste is the love of God. When people really taste when you're kind is God's goodness, his gentleness, his loving mercy. This is what they get. And all of a sudden, their ears and their eyes become open to who God is. This is the story of Christmas. When God showed up in the form of Jesus, 
Oh, we see, we see kindness being put on display. Titus chapter 3, one more time. When the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared. When did He appear? Over 2,000 years ago. In a manger. Born for you. That you and I might be set free from our sin. His kindness on display. That kindness has changed you. It's changed me. And now let that kindness, the very supernatural quality of God, let it be used today to change others. Father, we thank you in this moment, Lord, that we can be a people who grow in something as simple as how we represent you in our kindness towards others our countenance, our posture, Lord, the smiles on our faces, Lord, the, 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 the indefinable qualities of, of loving other people, genuinely loving other people, not for what they do, but because of who they are. God, let us be that kind of people today. Let us be men and women who genuinely passionately love others the same way that you loved us. You loved us enough to send your son on our behalf. Let us be a people today, this Christmas, this Christmas season, Lord, where we put others before ourselves and we love with the kindness of God, the supernatural kindness. Let it be transformative. Let it be jaw-dropping. Let it be simple, gentle, humble kindness today. Help us to be kind and to live and look like you. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. And don't forget, this is your moment let the kindness of God move through you. Have a great holiday season.